Welcome back to Tech Titans. I am RJ. I'm MCA. And we are now on a couch. And <laughs> it's a trusty old couch. It's been with us for a while now, but it's definitely a, a little easier, more comfortable for us. Yeah, so. A little more permanent. We don't have to keep resetting up and moving stuff around every time we record. So here we are. How have you been? Pretty good. Slept, uh, coming back to the couch, I slept a lot of nights on this couch. It's, uh, it's really coming handy and coming clutch again for me now, so old faithful for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just for a little bit of change of pace, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, a number of the different game showcases that have come up recently uh, and our thoughts on some of the games that we're most interested in seeing about and just a little bit in general about uh, what you can expect from some of them. So, to get started here, we're going to talk about the Ubisoft Forward event. Ubisoft or Ubisoft? Uh, I, I don't know. It's, I, I usually go with Ubisoft. Okay. You say Ubisoft? I say Ubisoft. You, you, but it's like, like it's, the it's, YO? It's like Asus, Asus. It's actually pronounced Asus, but it's not. I hate that. It's Asus all the way from Asus. Sounds like you're trying to mess it up or something. I, I learned that, and I've, been, I've, been, I've switched to that permanently. It's just been Asus. Asus. Yeah. All right. all right. Well, let's jump into it first, like, with Ubisoft slash Ubisoft Forward. Um... We're going to kind of go down the bigger titles that we're more excited for, because if we covered everything that was showcased in all the events over the last few weeks, Way too much. we'd be here for hours. So jumping into it, Assassin's Creed, uh, the franchise is branching out into VR, mobile games, and then another mainline title on console and PC. Um, let's jump into the mobile game first. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it was interesting to see. I, I, they've done some experiments here before, um, but it seems relatively straightforward. It's going to be taking place in... Uh, ancient China, and I think one of the most interesting things is that uh, it's more about customization. Uh, so I think this is pretty more, pretty much more of a casual uh, drop-in play feel, more like you have more ownership of the character, and it's not doesn't seem like it's probably gonna tie in that much to the mainstay of franchise line, but we'll see. I mean, they could iterate on it some more. I'm convinced with. I know that Ubisoft lately has been having, I guess, quote-unquote money issues, canceling a lot of projects, layoffs, all that kind of stuff. I think they're going to try and milk the Assassin's Creed cash cow and try and get it in every platform. So now they got it on mobile. They're working on getting the new game on the MetaQuest, the MetaQuest, um, MetaQuest 2 and 3 for Assassin's Creed Nexus, the, the um, yeah, VR Nexus game. Yeah, Nexus is their VR thing. I'm curious to see how they handle that. I mean... I've heard it's going to have some sort of, like a lot of games, like um, Half-Life Alex, like just kind of maybe look and move uh, teleportation mechanics. Um, could have some cool kind of like shooting arrows or throwing knives from the shadows where you kind of are just standing there but aiming by actually throwing your, your arms out. But I think it's definitely interesting, but I am more worried about like with the parkour stuff they showed in the trailer for that. It's like, it just seems a little dangerous almost. Like, I feel like you're going to kind of forget at some points that you're not really falling and that you actually can't walk. And it takes one mistake to, like, smack your TV or smack a person walking by or yeah. walk a little too far out of the frame and hit the wall. I feel like with a movement system like Assassin's Creed's been built on, putting that in VR is, like, I don't think it's going to be aggressive. good. I don't think it's going to be good, it's honestly. Like, just straight up, I don't think it's going to be good for the franchise. It's going to have to be just... I don't know. I feel like they're going to have to straddle this really fine line of either being too boring and not, like, kind of fast-paced enough like you kind of expect from the other games in the yeah. series, or, like, hitting that mark but almost too much, like, um, freaking out you're going to fall, or, like you said, just getting caught up in it and just kind of flailing <laughs> yeah. around in whatever room you're in. So, I don't know. We'll see 
how that turns out. They just released a non-gameplay trailer, and I'm sure that's probably a decent ways off. But yeah. um, And then in a third branch out, I've heard this has been worked on for a while. Assassin's Creed Infinity. This is kind of very interesting to me and conceptually because it seems like it's targeting what a lot of games are transitioning to as a broader industry trend of a continuous online evolution. So your games like Modern Warfare, Apex in particular, Fortnite, a lot of these types of games, that kind of like pattern of just having a game and just continually expanding just and evolving it, yeah. on it, having seasonal content and not doing Fortnite 2, 3, 4, 7, 9. Cause yeah, exactly. That's what we've seen with Assassin's Creed since, you know, the first one came out in 2007, almost every year or two until 2020. There was a new game coming every time. And, and it got progressively worse and worse. Yeah. But looking at the new Assassin's Creed Mirage, the new mainstream mainline title for the series, honestly, it seems like it's going back to the Assassin's Creed roots of being more of a stealth, kind of just simple Assassin game versus being like this weird RPG mixed with like Assassin's Creed where like you have a hidden blade, you stealth attack somebody, and then they don't die because you're too low of a level or... It's just, I feel like they turned two into an RPG, and I'm excited to see them go back to that regular Assassin's Creed. You jump off a roof, hidden blade somebody, and it's it. Like, there's no... They die. Yeah, it's not they like... die like you'd expect when you yeah. stab them in the back with a blade. Yeah, you know? you're not going to be just, oh, my health gets chunked down because I'm a bigger enemy, so the blade to my head doesn't do as much damage. Or And I'm hoping that, based off the trailer, that's what I've perceived and what I think they're trying to put out there, is it's going back to that route. But I'm hoping that, like you know, cinematic mode disabled. It's not you're hitting someone with a hidden blade in the back of the head and then they're actually living or you're chunking their health and there's levels still to it. I want it to go back to that simple Assassin's Creed stealth style game where there's no leveling and having right, to deal right. with, oh, my health bar is red, which means you do no damage to me now. My skin is hard. No. It's, right, it, I've been it's like it, artificially. I feel like Assassin's Creed always teetered on being, like, it's a video game, but it has some realism to it, which was what made it cool. And now it's just, like, trying to be, like, the most recent one is, like, kind of like, almost like a God of War, mm -hmm. um, where you're, like, fighting big mythical creatures, and it's like, I thought Assassin's Creed. Like, just, like, I see what they're going for. You know, they're always trying to find that new kind of angle to make it interesting again, because maybe the producers are thinking, like, okay, how many times can we just take random historical context X and dump you in, and what can we do to make it fresh? But yeah, at the same yeah. time... I agree with you. Yeah. Like, uh, if you have some, like, kind of hidden content like that, that's one thing. But I think making it part of the core gameplay. And I would say go more into mechanic-based changes. Like, how you do, like, kind of like, like Black Flag. Oh, yeah. It completely boat? changed the, yeah, the gameplay boat. of the boat and the pirate ships and, like, that whole, like, world. It didn't, world change, it didn't change from Assassin's Creed. You were still an assassin that went around assassinating targets and taking down like it was it was what it was at its core but then they added the boats on top yeah. which completely separated it from being the same thing as always do you remember but, oh, the shanties craze oh dude people went nuts for those shanties man they were like all over youtube yeah like people got into singing so i think building on like the world and lore of just like the time like, period yeah look at assassin's creed unity for example like that took place in the early like you know states of america and like that was, that, was in, that was in the U.S. or was, or that in, was that in Europe? Unity, I think, was Paris, I want to say. And Syndicate 
There's been so many. It's yeah, like, like so hard. But like the ones that changed the time. Syndicate was more like a steampunk era. Yeah, that was and London. Exactly. I think that was like I think they should build more around the world instead of changing the combat and the core gameplay mechanics. If that right. makes sense, I think it does. Yeah, um, and I think Mirage is getting back to that. Um, in addition to the RPG elements, I think focusing more on stealth and running away. Like as the series progressed after the first couple of games. Um, it really became more combat focused and like a lot of the time you weren't really like sneaking up or assassinating half the time. Yeah, you're like, you're just running in there with like swords and like taking them off like, people and beating like, the life out of them. Yeah, and... it just wasn't a good transition for the series and I'm happy to understand. I'm happy to see Ubisoft. Itself. Ubisoft is finally, after getting three or four games in a row wrong, they're finally learning, hey, let's try and transition back into what... We should turn our to... stealth game back into a stealth game. Yeah, it shouldn't be a God <laughs> like... of War clone that... It, 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 I'll move on from this now. Right. Yeah. Going to the next Ubisoft um, game, Star Wars Outlaws. I am a huge Star Wars fan. He's a huge Star Wars fan. Um, and I will say that Outlaws really did not like resonate with me. I think, for me personally, it looked good, but I think I know it's still a Ubisoft game. So to be determined on how good the game will actually be is going to be up in the air because Ubisoft makes good games, they make bad games, and they're pretty much all over the place. And this is the first year that EA isn't, you know, spearheading a Star Wars title. And to be fair, Star Wars titles from EA have not been great either. Ben or miss too. Yeah. But, I mean, you have Fallen, you have Jedi, you have Jedi Survivor, you have Fallen Order, and those are perfect Star Wars games. And I'm really hoping that Outlaws kind of keeps that trend of cinematic, story-driven Star Wars narratives that can keep coming out with great visuals, great world-building and characters. And I'm hoping Ubisoft can keep that same level of greatness that Respawn has put out in the last few years. What are your thoughts on... I mean, I saw some elements of it that seem really promising. Um, I think it's interesting. I want to see exactly how they handle like the scope of the game because in the, in the gameplay trailer, they kind of had like an intro mission... Um, you know, it was this hideout thing, and then you run away. It kind of had, like, a almost Red Dead vibe of just, like, a bunch of roads leading into a little settlement and kind of following those. Um, but then you kind of can take off straight into space. But they kind of just pointed the ship straight into the sky and flew. It doesn't see... It seems like they're going to have, like, on each of these planets a uh, probably decently sized, like, interactive area on the surface, but not everything. And then also an orbital zone that you transition to, but is also kind of boxed in. Yeah. So you kind of get some of the feel of the scale, but it doesn't seem at all like this is going to be uh, a Star Citizen type thing where they're rendering whole planets and doing all of that kind of thing. Um, so I just kind of want to see exactly how they specifically handle that and the scale of the different systems and just how varied the missions are. Yeah. At the end of the day, like what's the gameplay look like too? And I will say, when it comes to Star Wars now, a lot of these developers are now pushing into making, like I said, these cinematic, story-driven Star Wars games with great narratives and characters. But, like, I, I want a multiplayer game again. Like, Battlefront 2 from EA was, so a, was, a, was, a, was a dumpster fire to start with the, you know, the microtransactions and the pay-to-win. But after the game really started to, like, transition out of that and turned more into what it was meant to be, that was a pretty perfect game as a modern Star Wars game. It had... Great gunplay. It had great hero combat. It was simple, but also complex. Brawler. Yeah, it was a fun Star Wars game that EA unfortunately just left on the side of the road for the traffic to people. die. Yeah, <laughs> but the game, the servers are still very much alive. There's still people making modded content for it, and I think 
EA should revisit that game because it still looks great. It stands up great. It's, it's a good, overall a great game that they can keep building upon, adding new heroes, adding new characters, and and they're just there's just no one. I seems like it seems like to me there's no one who's making a multiplayer Star Wars game. This is a bit announced. There could be some I mean, under wraps, but I think this comes back to again like uh, Assassin's Creed Infinity. I want to see more games. We don't need the tenth version of X game. I mean, I don't care what they do to overhaul the game, whether that's completely replacing the engine and completely gutting the whole thing, but just leaving, you know, the title and core experience the same. Just take the good games that people like and keep them, you know, compatible. Keep polishing off rough edges. Keep improving graphics and adding in features. You, you are forgetting one core thing with going with a with a, going going that route. It's not a money printer. You want to be putting out you titles could, and you could, these... you could charge like five bucks a month for that game forever though. Like That's instead true. of selling person a game one time and then hoping for microtransactions, you know, just make it like a. I'm fine with monthly subscriptions. Just give me content. Give me a. Give me content and b. Be aware that there's like a ton of games I could be playing. So it better be cheap enough that, or I better like it enough. That I am willing to pay whatever monthly subscription X it costs. I mean, whatever. Do whatever, you know, monetization scheme you want. But that's kind of where I would come at it for, like, a, an ongoing revenue stream. Or even in addition to, like, cosmetic microtransactions. Exactly. So. Yeah. So that's that's Star Wars Outlook. Those are our thoughts on it. Unfortunately, the trailer didn't show. Oh. It wasn't too detailed. It wasn't like... We'll see. It wasn't like Starfield. We'll get into that later. It wasn't, like, as detailed as that no, trailer was. but. Another Ubisoft forward uh, thing announced at their showcase, we have Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. And for me, that trailer looked, it looked great. I want to say that game's going to be good, but I feel like what they showed wasn't enough of core gameplay and story and what's actually, what you're actually going to be doing in Pandora. Okay, what I saw was Far Cry Avatar. Far Cry Pandora. I saw you have a couple different biomes. You're a Navi with a diverse array of different tools. You can choose guns, Navi weapons, etc. And there are even, uh, if you ever played Far Cry 2 or 3 or, you know, any of the other ones, um, they have these RDA, that's the Nasty Space Marine people, for, you know, all the people who don't know that super deep lore. Uh, and they build all these settlements that are polluting, and you literally just go in and... and you just take them out. Yeah, you destroy them, and you can do it however you want, Far Cry style... And then uh, the planet overgrows, and it's wonderful for everybody. And I and I do think that it has a lot of potential to be a really fun game. But in my mind, I'm like, for how long? Like, if you're going to be taking down these bases, okay, that's one thing. You're going to be taming, um, what's the name of the flying creature in that in the in Avatar universe? I don't remember I don't what they're remember. called. But the dragon the, things, yeah, the dragon things. You tame those, you fly them around for a bit, and and then what? Like after you're done. Like, what's the story of the game? It's obviously can't be the same as the movie exactly, so it's not going to be that storyline. Is it going to be a fresh new storyline? Is it going to be a, a, uh, There's so many things up in the air where I think this will be a title where I'm waiting for before you buy or something like that to come out because I don't know exactly what I'm getting into with, you know, most likely a $70 new IP title from Ubisoft. I got to think... make sure what I'm getting into is worth that money and then the time commitment because even if the game is long, is it going to be repetitive? Is it yeah. going to be like a Ghost Recon Wildlands where the whole time you're just running around taking up the same bases just bigger and bigger over and over again? I think it's totally going to be that gameplay model based on what I saw. Yep. I mean, super quick summary. It seems like the plot is basically 
you know, some of the RDA Space Marine people abducted some Navi kids. They try to turn them against the Navi, train them as soldiers, and then when they interact with the Navi again, they go back to the Navi, and now they're fighting against the RDA. And you're essentially like a uh, yeah. you know freedom fighter for the Navi, and you just take down these that whole concept rinse and repeat. That's gonna just... have to be before you buy. Like, that's definitely not like a day oh, yeah. one. No way. I'm buying this and playing it at midnight kind of cop. It's gonna be let me wait for reviews to come out. Let me watch some gameplay and let me see that this game will actually be worth most likely seventy dollars to start. Different, like especially if I think they do have two player online co-op. Which they did could say that. Yeah, greatly increase the appeal. At least you can kind of. Ghost Recon Wildlands was four player co op, right. and that game still didn't last. And I was really excited for that game. I was the trailer we'll for that game. When that game, when that game trailer dropped back in like 2017, 2018, I was super hyped. Super hyped because the gameplay looked great. The map was huge. It was such. A, and then you play it, and then it's like, okay, I'm just gonna su- put a suppressed sniper on from uh, 200 meters away, and then just, <laughs> just snipe wait. all the AI <laughs> that will see. Oh my, my guy died. Where's he at? Up, oh, I give up. I can't find him. Back to walking in a straight line. And it's like. Yeah. So not hopefully fun. it's not the same, but one Ubisoft title that we've all, at least I've already played that is going to be super fun to come out, X Defiant, finally coming out at the end of this summer. I played a good amount of the beta, and as someone who just quit Call of Duty due to just the redundancies, the bad updates, the bad maps, the, the lack of features, lack of change, all that stuff that makes Call of Duty awful at this point, X Defiant is a super fun refresh that I am definitely excited to make my main fast-paced you know arena fps again okay you're pretty confident in that yeah i played okay. i played the beta quite a bit it definitely had its bugs and issues but at its core gameplay it's beta. it was modern warfare 2 with abilities like a modern warfare 2 overwatch mix where it wasn't like the ttk was too fast there's map voting there's plenty of guns there's it, there's everything that modern work call of duty right now is not doing x defiant people ask for and yeah. they refuse to do for yeah. whatever reason yeah x defiant is like hey you want map boating here's map boating you want skill-based matchmaking turned off in casual modes it's we turned off listen like yeah and it's such simple things that and it's gonna be free yeah on top of all of that the game is gonna be free and i think there's nothing to lose in that situation. I'm not spending money. I'm not going to put in seventy dollars and feel like I have to play this game to get my money's worth. It'll be I'm going to download this game, buy the battle pass for ten dollars, and just have fun with friends. It's like playing an old, similar to like Call of Duty style experience. And I know that you did you play the beta at all? I didn't, but I mean I definitely agree that it's like a fresh take. Um, seems you're right, like a cross between that plus some overwatch apex style powers and abilities yes. um which yeah is, is stirs up the gameplay it's a little more interesting um not to mention that yeah like cod i feel like is just still lurching forward on its inertia but it's one of those things that it's like a couple bad updates three six months from maybe falling flat on its face if something like this takes off. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Call of Duty community is... It's a pretty deep cult following. It's going to take a lot... For people to not buy Call of Duty every year is going to be a lot. Like, I don't... I didn't buy Call of Duty last year. I did I not mean, buy the Vanguard. conditioning. It's so yeah, in there. Yeah. I bought Modern Warfare 2. Did not buy Vanguard. I'm in the boat where I don't buy Call of Duty if I don't like the title. Um, Like, Vanguard for me last year, or two years ago now... Awful. I'm like, I'm not playing this. I don't want another World War II Call of Duty. It looks terrible. And surprise, surprise, it was terrible. Not very good. Only reason I bought Cold War year before that was because of the zombies. And the zombies in that game was actually, it wasn't anything stacking up to like the OGs. But it was fun. It was and, good. And I enjoyed it. For, for a minute. And then Modern Warfare 2, Warzone's ruined with these new maps. I hate Almazra. Bad map. The new map just came out, but I haven't even touched it yet. 
And I, mean, I have no aspiration to want to go back to Call of Duty. That was at least, like, a lot more urban and vertical and, you know, just more intricate. I think a lot of people are 100% in your boat, like, I'm sick of deserts. I'm tired of just looking at bland gray beige out of, in the open. Yeah, I'm tired of bad maps. I can't vote. Getting to... sniped. Yeah, so I think X Defiant is going to really shake up the FPS um, it's good. You need that. The FPS space, which I'm really excited for. But that pretty much wraps up everything in Ubisoft that kind of piqued our interest. Um, next coming in, it's a little bit old at this point, but it still happened this I summer. I mean, they're such big games. Like, we gotta cover them. Yeah. And this is probably... I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like this is probably in your top tier games. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man Pl- 2. PlayStation Showcase with Spider-Man 2. I think... It looks real good. Like, the gameplay yeah. demo, when I was seeing that, my eyes were just... Watching the symbiote attacks Dude. and just seeing how smoothly, like, they transition into these quick-cut, like, cinematics and you just wreck and people. And what they did versus every other big trailer, they showed pure, gameplay. untouched gameplay. Was, they that's the what UI. I want to see. They showed pure gameplay, so you know exactly what you're... I mean, to be fair, we did play Spider-Man, the original one for PS4, and we played Miles Morales, and we knew that the gameplay wasn't going to be, like... Day and night different. different. Yeah, we yeah. knew like we knew what we were getting into. It's not like it's a new IP or a new series where you're like, Well, this looks amazing, but I have no clue what it actually looks like. Sure. This is a this is like how you preview a game that's coming out within the same year. Like there's so many games that are coming out within the next twelve months that we still don't have like raw, raw gameplay. gameplay footage like, they played like eight straight minutes of uninterrupted gameplay, and I think that is Perfect for marketing. Mm-hmm. You built up so much hype. You're going to sell so many PlayStations. If they make a Spider-Man again PlayStation 5, oh man. I mean, I think they also hit like the perfect balance of, in that short period, they didn't overstay their welcome, but there's two Spider-Men. I guess makes sense. Spider-Man 2. Now there's yeah. two Spider-Men. Um, and they really... I just thought it was a sequel. Yeah, all right. <laughs> that makes sense. Spider-Man 2, there's two of them. And they really, like, from a core gameplay perspective, it's great. Because they distinguished each one with unique abilities. Um, they showcased them in the demo live. Mm-hmm. You had a great action sequence with both of them kind of showcasing the how are these Spider-Men yeah. different? What is the new stuff? Like, like yeah, Miles Morales and the original showcase, you know... Kind of the classic Spider-Man gameplay that if you played any of the games from the past like decade and a half, you kind of know. Like you're swinging from exactly. buildings, it's fun, blah blah blah. But this one, like the symbiote powers, the the uh, modern like electronic suit enhancements, and how it makes the game different, like the super launch thing where you just blast across and glide, and then the gliders, so yeah. cool. And then next, like getting into like gameplay aside, getting into the story, you're gonna have Craven, you're gonna have Lizard, you're gonna have Venom, like there's gonna, this game is gonna be so big, and and I think it's gonna be a long story because there's no well, isn't way. The, isn't the map like massively bigger? Yeah, too? the map is like I think double the size of what it was in the original two games. That that makes a game, but you know, again, yeah, it's just more area to spring around. You get around to in. use your traversal skills a lot more. But I think the game is gonna be long because there's no way they're gonna get the Craven storyline and the Lizard storyline and the Venom storyline all into this one game. Yeah, without it being. 30, 40 hours, probably. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a very long but not dragged out title. I wouldn't even mind if it was 15 hours, but it was like... Tight and really It was tight and really... Exactly. And I think that's what they're going to have with Spider-Man 2, is they're going to have a jack-of-all-trades single-player game. Yeah, and then you can kind of, you know, they'll put in all the usual, like, if you're really enjoying it, you know, all the fetch this and find all the orbs type stuff, but... And if they do a co-op? 
That would be crazy. That, yeah. Right now, right now, as of right now, it is not proven. Like, they're saying that there's no multiplayer, there's no multiplayer functions built into the engine. So, it's very unlikely that they will redo the engine for multiplayer. Yeah, I think it is like a GTA Five type, like, oh, we have a couple protagonists, and you kind of bounce around to see different perspectives. Yeah, but, but multiplayer... If is... they unleashed in the future, like a DLC, where it's like... One person for each Spider-Man. That would like, be that would insane. Be, that would be perfect, next perfect level. Perfect game. So fun. Yeah. And then other big heavy hitter from PlayStation that we're both... This like, is... I am super hyped for this because yep. I'm a long term... I actually just bought the Deluxe Edition today as well. Final, Final Fantasy 16. It's it's going to be a great game. It looks like it's going to be a long game. As someone who's not a long time Final Fantasy fan, the first one I jumped into was 15 back in 2016, 2017 when that came out. And I was never a fan of the turn-based combat and all that kind of stuff from the original games. I didn't play the MMO, which was, I believe, 14. Yeah. Um, got, like, mixed reviews. But 15 was that full-on single-player experience where you had full fluid parry and block and dodge combat and attacking. And honestly, the story for that game was great. Following Noctis and his crew was great. I, it was a long game. You felt like you weren't, like, left out to drive the story. I felt like it definitely were some slow points in the game. But, I mean, that's to be expected with, a, with Final Fantasy. Playing the 16 demo, which we both played um, oh, yeah. this past week, he got further in it than I did. I'm trying to coast through so by the time i finish the demo the game is savoring out. it yeah i'm savoring <laughs> it i've only beat the first boss and the combat is definitely different than 15 but it's still in that same boat of okay i can dodge i can block i can parry and i think that because the world is so expansive and the characters are so expansive and the combat so expansive it's gonna be a long game i totally agree i mean just the interesting nature of how they're handling the icons there's like just so many fun new takes on kind of how you interact with the world um lots of unique powers like definitely fast-paced gameplay which i like and quick movement around the battlefield interesting uh seems like a very promising start to the story so far just from the demo kind of like a really good like return to dark fantasy seems like a lot of game of thrones inspired type moments like the world map looks it, it's got vibes from like game, game of thrones like the yeah. intro sequence so i really like the return to like you know not that every game has to be dark gritty like uh christopher nolan batman style movies whatever yeah. and i really but appreciate it's that. good it's good like it seems like it's gelling together really nice. Yeah, and you're gonna have melee your combat you're gonna have magic combat you're gonna have big like elemental creature combat I'm so excited. you're gonna have deep story with great looking cutscenes and great looking cinematics and Overall, I think it's shaping up to be a big package. And most people have that thing with Final Fantasy. The series has been going on forever. There's so many games. I can't just jump in. They're all different. Yeah, they're all different. They're not linear or related at all. And I will say that if you're looking to play a great RPG game, Final Fantasy 16 might be worth uh, looking into because it's going to be just a very fun adventure with these characters you're going to follow around. If it's like 15, 15's character development and building and world building was probably only second to Red Dead Redemption 2 for me. And that's saying a lot because Red Dead 2 is like, for me, it's, up here. So I, what, mean, so I think it might be my favorite game of all time. I don't think you have single much disagreement player, there. For a single player. When it comes to multiplayer, it's got to be Halo Reach. But that's just, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I think Final Fantasy 16 is shaping up to be potentially game of the year. If the storyline... But I think, like I said, with Final Fantasy, there's that whole wall around it. Like, 
people aren't playing Final Fantasy because of it's too many games, or I don't know what it's yeah, about. It's got it fantasy in the title. I don't like to, it. Yeah, and, and it's you know, I mean, it's not a mainstream game, if if you will. I mean, it's the series as a whole is definitely for the most part. I mean, back in the golden era of like Final Fantasy five through eight or so, and it was I feel like peak Final Fantasy, then ten really popped off too. But yeah, I'd agree. Over the last couple games. I think you know, 12, 13, we're like, but this one does look like, and I, I'm sure I'm going to anger so many people just by saying that, <laughs> bagging on their favorite. Everyone has their favorites, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people uh, can agree that this is looking like it's going to be a strong, approachable return to form for the series that uh, is going to take a lot of the best elements of 15, keep growing on that even bigger scope, even bigger scale. Um, slightly refreshed but familiar battle system. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. And then I want to touch on a final surprise game that uh, just based on a pretty short trailer too, really caught my eye. Uh, I can almost see it being like the next kind of surprise Dark Souls kind of or Demon Souls kind of come out of nowhere uh, action game hit. Uh, Phantom Blade Zero. Oh, yeah. It's from a, you know, it's a first, you know, major production by a Chinese Studio S game. Um, they basically had some other games in this series that were 2D platforming type games with a similar vibe and, and world building. But it just looks like the the fluidity of it. It's, it's, you know, Dark Souls meets Ninja Gaiden, like, much faster-paced gameplay. Yeah. And a really interesting vibe for the world, too. Kind of like a mix between a, um, you know, Yarnum from... Uh, what's what's the game where they were in the... You used the guns instead, but it was also by the Dark Souls Blood studio. Born? Yes. It's like almost like a mix of that more steampunk vibe along with Dark Souls... Um, looked really fantastic, really high speed gameplay and kind of, um, ninja type action, but, uh, intense acrobatics, like climbing, flipping up walls, quickly cutting, cutting, cutting. I think that's what's going to separate it from the Dark Souls, Dark Demon Souls kind of gameplay is it's, I hope it's not as difficult. Like, I, I don't say, know, it looks just like, from the I, I trailer, think it, it looks, it looks, it looks like it's gonna be hard. But, like, I'm hoping that, like, the parry windows are a little bit longer, and then you also get, like, some more game direction, so you know what you're doing and where you're going, and the story is actually, like, forward. I feel like with a game like Elden Ring, you play a lot more Elden Ring than I did, unfortunately, I'm gonna probably get a lot of hate for this. I didn't like Elden Ring, but that's because I'm not a Souls player, I'm not a Souls game player, I'm, I'm bad, like, you can say that I'm bad, and that's why I didn't like it, that's completely fine, but I feel like... I don't even agree with you there, yeah. <laughs> Me too, I'm not, I'm not super great at them, I like them, I didn't even finish Elden Ring myself either, I got like two-thirds of the way through, and it was fun, but yeah, I agree with where you're yeah, coming so from. Yeah, so I'm hoping that it's a little bit more attainable for the every, like, for a new person to pick up, like, I'm not bad at video games as a whole, I've played video games my whole entire life, but I will say that... Elden Ring is just that small niche of gameplay mechanic that I just didn't play much growing up, and I didn't play much as an adult, so as it comes to now, I would have to play it a lot longer and put a bigger time commitment in to get good at it, and I don't think that's worth it for the time I had to play video games now. But I will say that hopefully Phantom Blade is just, like, maybe a step or two up in simplicity from Elden Ring slash Dark Souls slash Demon Souls slash Bloodborne. I'm curious, because in the trailer... 
it did seem like it mainly focused, like, at least what they showed was almost all sword-based combat for mm-hmm. the most part. And it was more about, you know, really high-speed dodging. Like, this is not methodical at all. Go watch the trailer. Like, 100%. You should check it out and just see it for yourself. Just the presentation, the vibe, um, the combat itself, it's very varied. There's this crazy fight uh, in one scene where you're literally, there's like... He's yeah. riding the carriage. There's two horsemen on each side, and you're like and trying I feel to like, fight. I feel them like off. seeing gameplay like that kind of makes me think it won't be like an Elden Ring because I feel like that kind of mechanic on a horse cannot be too complicated, right? So I feel like it'll be more like a Sekiro or like a Jedi Fallen Order slash Jedi Survivor, where like it's still very parry based and block based, and can become very difficult depending on where you put the difficulty. Just faster. At. But I do hope that it's good balance of difficult. And rewarding and, like, fun for anyone to kind of... That understands action games. Like, like, okay, this is the block button. I know when to press it. Mm-hmm. Not, okay, this boss is completely... Or Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, hopefully that's the kind of direction they go in for that title. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. So, I think that's good for a PlayStation. They did show a ton of other games, but a lot of smaller indie fare and, you know, nothing yeah. uh, that really caught our eye. At the end of the day, this is our biased opinion, so... If we yeah. Over, if we, we start, if we skipped your game. Yeah. Essentially. Um, but going to the Xbox Starfield Direct, we gotta jump into one of the... In- this is actually one of the indie titles that both stuck out to both of us. That 33 Immortals roguelike. Oh, yeah. 33 player co-op game looking like a Hades um What's the clone? execution on this gonna be like? Yeah. I'm so curious how... I hope they're dedicated servers so you don't have lag and you can kind of just play, like, you know, whoever whoever has the best internet kind of Yeah, deal. with 33 players, like, that's my yeah. concern. Latency... I do not want servers for that because I feel like that would be a really old. Just a mess. Mostly with an indie game, they're not gonna have... The game blows up and catches as much attention as it is. I don't think an indie game developer servers are gonna be able to handle... Yeah. Mostly we'll being on Game Pass... As well, again, everyone has Game Pass nowadays. It's going to be... I hope it's completely dedicated servers. I would imagine Microsoft would at least be hosting, hopefully, the Game Pass ones. So that, you know, they're throwing it on some, you know, of their own cloud servers. And uh, give you some pretty rock-solid performance. But I I was curious, because in the trailer, I couldn't really tell exactly how much variety there was. Like, it kind of... The gameplay looked interesting and super chaotic, um, but I want to see, like, is it sort of like a... It is a roguelike, so it's going to be, like, continuous runs. I don't know. I just want to see what kind of differentiates from... I think the main difference is just going to be 33 players. Work. Uh, I'm hoping there's going to be something where you can even sort of get to the end... And if it's one player left and you, you know, kill the end boss, everyone, like somehow yeah. it communicates that to everyone else. Like, oh, one of us got to the end guy and finally finished him if he wipes out everyone else. And we I, I, and we both enjoy roguelikes. You love Hades. I love Risk of Rain. Um, and I think that 33 players, I definitely want the execution on that. Hopefully the frames with everybody, like, because if it's a roguelike, that means it's probably going to get pretty explosive. People are going to have crazy abilities. And if it's like a Risk of Rain kind of style... Where the enemy density gets, gets drastically higher and like there's so many effects going off at once. What's the performance going to be like? Hope the optimization is there to handle 33 players all using their abilities at once. I and think that, that, kind that of was deal. like part of the art style choice there, like a more simplified hand drawn look. Um, will hopefully help with that somewhat. But yeah, I mean, that's definitely my main concern is just all the netcode and, um, you know, how exactly in sync everything will be 
It definitely looked pretty chaotic. Like, you could have, like, yeah. 10, 15 of the I'm definitely you know, player gonna, hero characters. I'm definitely going to be losing track of my character potentially a lot. Like, yeah. hopefully, the character differentiation they're color is coded, like, it looks like, but. 33 but colors. Yeah, you're gonna, going like, crazy. I'm teal and you're light blue. It's like, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> it might become a little hard to keep track of your character, but. I think that honestly looks like a really fun indie title that I'll definitely be checking out. Um, I'll put in at least a couple hours. Yeah, and it's on Game Pass. It's 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 a no risk. It's a no risk. And then jumping into the probably the one of the biggest titles of the year, um, alongside like the Spider Mans and all the other big titles, Starfield. Now Bethesda, the last few years has not been what they have that they were, you know, post Skyrim. Like, yeah. you know, they released Skyrim in 2012, haven't released anything Elder Scrolls since. Elder Scrolls Online, if you will. It's basically like the GTA Five situation of Skyrim is, is you know, everything Bethesda, and we just kind of lean into this for a exactly. decade and just milk it to death. I want to see something new, and yeah, everyone wants to see Elder Scrolls Six. I'm sure that's probably slated for maybe two years from now, but Starfield, I will say. Yeah. It looks promising. And I'm scared to say that because Fallout 4 was, in my opinion, I loved Fallout 4, thought it was a good game, thought it was a great game. I know a lot of more diehard Fallout fans who are more in the New Vegas and Fallout 3 were like, Fallout 4 is not for me, but for me, I didn't grow up on Fallout. Um, So Fallout 4 was like the first one I really tried. Bring that baggage to it, exactly. And I really enjoyed it. I thought Fallout 4 was a good game. Definitely not a Skyrim. No. But it was a great game, and then Fallout 76 was just a dumpster fire, unfortunately. <laughs> to be fair, I heard the game got way better a few years release. release. Yeah, as a Battlefront situation, but, the original game was just... But for know. me, it's like, when a game releases in the state of Fallout 76, it's kind of hard to go back, no matter how good it becomes. Right. And that just might Same. be me being an idiot, but hey, like I don't want to go back to Fallout 76. I got burned by it. When I bought it, when right. four games has existed, when I bought so the game. many other games, and it's like unless they really make an effort to reach out and let you know it's different, and maybe even give you a carrot to come back after you get burned on release. Exactly. Like, here's like some free credits to buy some stuff, or like, you know, free DLC. Give me a reason to like come back after I kind of got burned and breach yeah. the trust. You know. But hopefully with Starfield, it seems like they've been taking a lot of lessons from what they learned making the last games over the last few years between Fallout and Fallout 76, and even a little bit of Elder Scrolls Online, what they're learning from those titles. Um, I mean, I know Bethesda doesn't make every single one of those titles as a parent company. They have Zenimax and all the other stuff working in those. But I mean, I'm going to just put it under that umbrella of Bethesda. That's fair enough. And I will say that Starfield finally looks like it can be what it was dreamt of being is this huge open world interactive universe. You're building your story, you're building your character, you have the ship customization, you have the space combat, you have the high fidelity graphics, the left to 30 FPS. Uh, <laughs> that um, is just, uh, that's the one thing where I'm like, on at least PC, I I want to I wanna be able to I mean, on PC it's unlocked. That. On yeah, PC you're unlocked. So. But I will say, everyone, the arguments have been all over the internet for Starfield being 30 FPS on Xbox Series X. And I think 60 FPS should be the standard nowadays. It's the next-gen standard. Like, what other game is not, like, look, don't get me wrong, I know they're they're doing their Bethesda thing, which I can appreciate. They're pushing the boundaries on graphics. They want to make everything, you know. I, I will say, I was really captured by a lot of screenshots, super cinematic um exactly but at the same time you and, know, I, and i will say for what i've seen for arguments 
some of the best games to ever come out were 30 FPS. Red Dead Redemption 2, when I played that the first time, played at 30 FPS. GTA 5, fair. 30 FPS. There are so many Final Fantasy 15, 30 FPS. So I will say that 30 FPS games, I think what really kind of puts the bad taste in my mouth is being a, a full-time PC player, it does kind of hurt to see a $500 console that can run 8K 30. Right. Why can't it run 4K 60? Or why can't it run at least at like a pseudo, like, you know, a variable um, resolution 4K where it kind of dips down for bigger scenes. But you won't really notice because you're on your high quality TV or monitor or whatever you're playing on. But I think that 60 FPS should be an option for those for those people who like frame rate. I'm a frame rate person. I choose frames over quality. I play every game on console that I play on. I play it in performance mode because I prefer 60 FPS over everything else. And I feel like Starfield, with the amount of time you're going to be sinking into it, I'm sure you'll eventually become blind to the FPS. Mm -hmm. But also it's like, I can't go from being a PC gamer or playing on my Xbox Series X and having those other games at 60 FPS or 120 FPS. Then now I'm playing at 30. You're going to see it. Like, console gamers really didn't under didn't really have to see 30, 30 FPS to understand how choppy it really is. Like, I see 30 FPS <laughs> as 30 FPS, and I hate it. And I think, again, that you're right. It does get back to, especially a lot of the games in particular that you used to play more often were competitive, you know, online games where, you know, frames is like live or die, uh, frames are king, and in more story-based and you know, um, especially single-player games, it's not as essential. But I agree with you. Like, they should at least give you the option. Give me the option for a performance mode. Yeah, and I understand the game is going to look phenomenal, and I think what's really going to put Starfield above, like, every other... Not above every other Bethesda game, but, like, up there in the high Differentiate it. Yeah, yeah it was, it's very different from anything they put out. Between Fallout and Elder Scrolls, it's completely a different, like, area for them. Like, it's space and tech and super tech it's gonna be a super futuristic like potentially fun game and even the graphics kind of give me like a uh a death stranding kind of vibe with the way the textures yeah. are and the way the colors are and i think the game honestly can be really really good and i'm hoping fingers crossed guy that it's not gonna be like one of like an anthem or a game that looks super good pre-release like anthem looked phenomenal pre-release battlefront 2 phenomenal pre-release and then the game releases, and then the developer drops it, and then it becomes a bad game. And, and the gameplay is ne not necessarily there sometimes. And I don't like... think Bethesda will abandon the game. I definitely don't see that happening. But it's a single-player game. Fallout 76 is a multiplayer game, for example. Fallout 76 was can be updated and completely changed for the beginning game experience. Starfield, at its core, will be what it is. Like, if the game itself isn't good, what it's built off of... They can't just transition the whole title like they can no. with a multiplayer game. They're stuck building on the garbage they potentially could have built. I mean, I think one of my concerns about it is just... It's a, both a pro and one of the reasons that people are trying to sell the game, but just the scale of it, like the number of visitable worlds and all that, how interesting are most of these worlds going to be? What's there going to be to exactly. do there? And that's how the, many like that's the settlements and things where you're interacting? Like I've seen screenshots of cities and stuff. 
Is that gonna be like what am I doing? What am I what am I doing in these things? Like it's like a no man's sky kind of thing. Like no man's sky, you have infinite possibilities of places you can go and do. But do you you plan? You mine a few materials and you fly to the next one. Like and you don't care. And I think at the end of the day, that's what's gonna really gonna have to. I will take with Starfield. Give me twenty to thirty good planets that have like deep caverns and caves and enemy bases and things to do on thirty planets. Versus giving me two hundred planets and then star citizen approach. Like they're just building out. Like, here's a full system, like, five fully visitable worlds that are absolutely massive with hopefully, you know, good auto-generated and real-time effects. Like, you know, I'm sure there's a ton of stars and haters out there, and to be fair... It does feel like the endless beta, maybe even semi-alpha still. <laughs> Welcome to day Z. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you, you just kind of get what they give you and hope for the best. But I will say, with the ambition there, if they can eventually execute it, like, dude, you know they have mechanics in there now where you can legit, there's, like, guns where you can strip the hull off ships and it will actually peel the material off and That's show the crazy. skeleton of the ship. They have ships that they crash over in time in game real time vines and plants will grow over the remains See, of the and that's ships the kind of details that you need to make the game like in this world feel great real. feel real yeah. and i think that's what they're gonna do and hopefully that follows like that come when it comes out it actually is what we're expecting but what's gonna scare me really is what am i doing in starfield are the quests gonna be boring it's gonna be go here retrieve that kill a few enemies fly back on the way back here's the pirate ship shoot it down it's like okay this is fun but for how long I right and then th- that might just be me maybe i just don't have the attention span to play maybe if i find it repetitive i won't have the attention span but that's just me maybe someone will be able to re- like no man's sky players love no man's yeah. sky but I, I think it's boring i but- think there's gonna be a massive group of people and with bethesda's record like I don't think there that it's gonna be just, you know, terrible right off the bat, especially with the game of the scale and investment and everything. But yeah, I agree with you. Like, what what am I doing in the game long term? It is super cool the building mechanics, which I did like to see a lot of. Like the ship customization is really deep. Yeah. Uh, you can build outposts on all the worlds and That's kind of customize cool. them, and like you know, put in resource and energy extraction. You know, a lot of nice little touches like that, but, you know, that's cool. Again, for, like, a couple hours, you put a couple of those outposts on different worlds, you vary them up a little bit, and then at some point, it's like, okay, now what? And you gotta make sure, the, the thing for Starfield is gonna be, okay, now what do I want to do? It's the ongoing It has to be loop. something, like, the world has to be alive. There has to be a lot of live, like, Red Dead Redemption 2, what made that game so capturing was the, the world. Yeah. It's so live. You yeah. can get distracted in Red Dead 2 mid-story. So easily. Yeah, you're just going to cities. You're going to help the lady who's being robbed, and then you help the lady, and next thing you know, she's putting a gun on you, and you're like, oh, well, now she's trying to rob me, and now I gotta... It's just... Things like that have to happen in Starfield to make it what it is, and I think Starfield will be good, specifically because Xbox needs a heavy-hitting exclusive, and Starfield is their last chance to show that they can make good games. Halo Infinite was lackluster, multiplayer for Halo Infinite added Eh, no content, and the eh. game died in a month, and that's what happens. Forza. Plus the ranking system in that game was awful. Exactly. Forza, great title from Xbox, but it has to you have to be the right kind of player. You have to like racing games and not just regular racing games. You have to like simulation style racing games, yeah. which isn't for every audience. And I think Starfield, even to an extent, it's a single player game. So you're going to have people who only play multiplayer games not playing Starfield. Xbox needs to come out with that jack of all trades um, game because PlayStation, they have their single player games. And they have their multiplayer games. But I think Xbox right now has nothing. 
I think they're trying to lean into Game Pass and just hope that the breadth of the stuff on there and some of the indie games and other stuff for multiplayer is going to be the main draw as opposed to one massive or one or three massive tentpole games, kind of like in the past. I do think that is the future going forward where we're just going to have less and less of that because um, distribution and access to more games is just going to fragment player bases more and bigger behemoths are more frequently going to die because they get boring, like COD and, um, to a lesser extent, Assassin's Creed somehow managed to stay popular. Yeah, Battlefield, like, wow, did EA just... Dumpster you fire know, that franchise. It looked good. I was so excited for it. Like, 2042 it was... was just, 2042... The letdown that I experienced, and I played it, I really... I gave it so many hours, like, I kept wanting to like it. I was like, after another 10 hours, I'll get it. And it's just... It, where was... I couldn't blow anything up. Like, what the hell, Battlefield? Like, yeah. Let me blow things up. No, like, nothing's destructible. Yeah, but... We're going to go ahead and end there. This is a second week in a row of we ran a little, we ran long, but a lot to talk about. A million um, games to talk yeah. about, so hopefully you enjoyed us kind of digging into some of that. And just Obviously, rambling and sharing our opinions. Yeah, we, we also, again, like we said, we probably avoided or didn't talk about some of your favorite games, but these are some of the heavy hitters, in yeah. our opinion, some of the biggest ones that we're really looking forward to. Obviously, yeah. if you do have more interest, all the showcases there had, you know, probably five, ten more games that maybe more up your alley. So check them out. Um, but hopefully we gave you a good rundown here uh, and touched on at least a couple ones that you're interested in. Um, yeah. But yeah. And if you're on YouTube, make sure you uh, leave a like, drop a comment, subscribe to the channel. We're here every Sunday. And yeah. if you're listening- Tell us how stupid we are about our game opinions and be sure to let us know how much better your opinions are and be specific in the comments, and we'll be happy to look over some of those. And argue with you. And argue with you, exactly. <laughs> and if you're listening to the audio versions on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other platform you're listening on, make sure you leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. Um, we're on those platforms as well every Sunday. Make sure to follow me on TikTok, YouTube, Twitter. All my socials should be appearing right here. And then for Christian, I'm on YouTube and TikTok as well. And you can find me there. And uh, for this week, we'll be signing out. Uh, we'll hopefully see you next week. See you guys later. Peace. Peace.